It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Hey, now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Welcome to episode 99. How'd you guys like the new intro? Uh, Joe's got a little info on that. Yeah, thank you to Smooth Recording Studios in Bolingbrook. Uh, took care of that for us, really took care of us a lot there. So nice addition after, how many years is this? 99, 99th episode, This is Mike. the sixth year, I believe. Sixth year of No Shot Clock. Yes. Uh, 99th episode. We got Maybe I'll have to do something special for the... Hundredth. <laughs> we, we should have saved the new intro for the hundredth. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been smart. Um, I, I'm sure some of you guys, I wanted to hit this before we get into this um, episode. We're going to have a mailbag and then go through the preseason Super 25. But first off, I kind of wanted to address some changes with the website. If you read a lot of the football stuff, or you've been reading over the summer on suntimes.com, I'm sure you've noticed that the paywall is now, the high school sports stuff is now in the paywall. Um, the rest of the newspaper has been there for a while now. They just dragged us in now that we have this kind of new looking website. And I wanted to kind of clarify that the podcast is still free. If you tried to listen to the podcast by going to the site, you might have run into the paywall. However, if you subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher or on iTunes or, or any other way, it'll still come through for free. You're just not going to be able to get it through the website unless you subscribe to the paper i'm also i promise this year i'm going to do what i can to get it on spotify it's just a process i need to figure out because i know a lot of people have started listening to podcasts that way also i wanted to make a bit of a plea um if you guys are on the fence about subscribing to the paper i am sure a lot of you don't get the actual you know hard copy not many people do anymore um there's a one month trial for the first month uh, and it's $1 and then it's $4.99 a month. You can also do an annual subscription for $29.99, which is the best deal. Uh, there's a two year deal for $59.99. And I would so, sort of ask you guys, think of all of the hours you've spent listening to the podcast, all 25 years of reading online for free. It's not a lot of money and it really does keep everything we do going. That's what pays for everything you see that Joe reads or that, that Joe writes on the website, it pays for me to go everywhere and do all this stuff. It pays for my travel to Pontiac, to Peoria, everything. I don't think $30 a year is a whole lot to ask for anyone that's listening to this podcast because you clearly care about prep sports coverage. And kind of my last note, look at what happened at the Chicago Tribune. Please do not let that happen here. Um, now, you know, now that Mike Clark left, They've had nothing this year. I'm sure you've noticed no football rankings. There'll be no basketball rankings. We have to try to keep this alive. And the best way that I know how to do that is to continue supporting the Sun-Times. So please consider it. And uh, let's get into the uh, the new season. I'm at first, I guess, a little prologue before we hit these ranking or the mailbag. I'm excited, Joe. This I am. I am more. I talked to a yeah. few coaches already, you know, as we do our preseason preparation work. And I've been talking to them and telling them that I'm I'm more excited, uh, energized about this season, I, I know for sure, than I was one year ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to get into all the reasons why and, and the specifics, but 
it's just it is that's that's how it is right now for me so that's that's encouraging as the season as we record this tips off in eight days we're recording this on a sunday uh and the season will tip off eight days uh from today just about two hours ago ahmad bynum of simeon committed to depaul gave them an oral commitment i mean depaul is five and oh what is going on joe I mean, you look at it, not only they're 5-0, and Mike, but they are young. So, I mean, Jalen Coleman-Lands is the only senior really contributing to that team. Uh, good-looking freshman group with Romeo Weems and Marquise Jacobs. And, and getting an early commitment from Bynum, you know, kind of solidifies that continued mo- momentum recruiting the city. You've got Devin Gage, obviously, Charlie Moore, and Marquise Jacobs. So... It's you know they've got some tough games coming up. Texas Tech is coming into Wintrust Arena you know next month, and uh, they've got a couple other good non-conference games. So you'll get a good feel for them. I, you know I got them 17, 18 wins this year. So we'll see. All right, as usual, maybe getting in trouble with the NCAA is the best thing a basketball program can do. You know, it makes you more like a Kentucky. <laughs> or well, a they, they, they certainly don't do much to the schools. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, all sir, right. Um, we're going to hit this mailbag. Got four questions. First one up is from Brady Roberts. This is a pretty much oh, not an all Joe question, but it starts out with Joe. Brady has some specific questions about where four seniors are in their recruiting <laughs> process. First up, Jaden Johnson from Batavia. Go ahead and read all of them, Mike, because some oh, of them okay. are very, very uh, similar. Yeah. Jaden Johnson from Batavia, Brandon Lieb, the big man at Deerfield, uh, guard Lance Mosley at DePaul Prep, and Will Wolf, who is at Oswego East now. Yeah, I think three of them are all in the same category with Mosley, Jaden Johnson, and Will Wolf. Uh, their recruitments have, particularly Jaden and Will, did not materialize like they had hoped in terms of, you know, that lower division one activity. So they did have D- division two, you know, offers and, and that and Lance Mosley is, you know, division three, some D twos are, are, are poking around, but overall there just has not been a lot. Thus they're uncommitted, unsigned, uh, going into their senior year. They'll play that senior year out and where leaves a little different leave is just so many, he, there's such a wide range of levels that are evaluating him because he's a late developing, blooming 6'11 kid. Uh, not that I have discussed this with anyone, but I mean, he is the ideal prep school candidate if you, if you think about it, uh, just because of his physical makeup, his, again, late developer and player in that size at 6'11 is just he impacts games accidentally just with that length and size. So, uh, he, he has some division one, uh, interest, but all of them really are, I think are pretty much starting from scratch as, as moving forward, uh, to where, where they're at individually as in their recruitments. Nice. Uh, boy, Will Wolf that two years ago, I saw just a fabulous game from him at East Aurora. He was terrific with Aurora Christian. And then when I saw him last year, he didn't quite hit those heights. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for him for sure. Um, and he's transferred, obviously, to Oswego yeah. East. Uh, so uh, just kind of a new and different opportunity for him. Uh, Brady then asks, uh, which team or teams are you most excited about this year that have not been on your radar for a long time or even ever? This is a good big question. year of that. Yeah. Good, good, good question yeah. because I actually have a story coming this week 
on this exact same uh, topic. And there, there are a few and, and a, a couple of them I think we'll be talking about later in this podcast. But Kerry Grove, I, I, off the top of my head right now, Mike, I, I believe they've won one regional. Hmm. In their in their school history, I, I I could be wrong as I go back and research it, but it's not more than one or two. But Cary Grove is one of those teams. Uh, I'm excited to see Oak Lawn uh, is another one. Um, so I mean there there there's a few uh, throughout you know the Chicago area this year. Yeah, the Oak, Oak Forest down there as well, um, and then you know Tinley Park. When's the last time we talked about them? AJ Casey's over there. Um, Julian, and a very, yeah, very young group too, Tilney Park with with AJ Casey. Uh, Julian Campbell over at Palatine. I want to check them out. I really liked you know what I saw from Buffalo Grove last year, and they got Cam Craft. Um, so that's a team I'll be wanting to check out. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to check out some kind of different stuff like that um, for sure. That will do it for Brady. Next up is from uh, no name on this one, and I don't recognize it. It just from Gmail one three eight one. Um, good question though. It says, what do you think of the four teams moving up to the red this year? I know Lindblom had a good season last year and is the core of their team coming back. Peyton lost a lot, including their coach. Brooks, I don't know much about besides the Tolbert kid. Westinghouse is returning everything and has added some pieces. I've seen them ranked some places. Um, so I guess we'll start out, um, start out with Brooks on that. They also lost their coach. Um, he is over at Catalyst Maria, I believe. And, uh, Larry Johnson, Lawrence Johnson has taken over there. And um, as the question asker mentioned, Isaiah Tolbert is back. I was very impressed with him um, when I saw them last year. Milan Williams is also back. And they've got a 6'6 sophomore, um, Kyle McElroy, who's the center on that team. Those guys all played a bit last year. And they're excited about a, a guard, a sophomore guard, Jamarian Dale Cunningham. So, I mean, this is not – I mean – don't want to be too negative, but it's not a good enough group right now. I don't think to survive in the red. Um, well, it, it, it's a fun thing to watch. We've discussed this in the yeah. podcast before, and, and it's fun to work your way up. And you know, it's just different and unique in high school basketball. If people aren't familiar, if you you win, you get to move up. And you know, there's only one team I of the group that is firmly prepared to you know make an impact and that'd be west westinghouse uh you know they 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 are going to be and i think we're going to talk about them a little bit later too but um they are ready and prepared to to move up and uh i i think they'll you know i well we'll talk more about them but yeah i mean it's always tough surviving but they've got a lot of guards back westinghouse and they added a bunch of size so that'll help peyton's new coach is phil gary um, he was in a longtime assistant at Oak Park, I think, and then was an assistant at Peyton. And they have Jabari Chippy back. Um, big, big part. You know, he's, he could be a Division One player. He's an excellent player. Liam Dillon and Iman Glasscott are back from last year's team, but they did lose a lot. However, they're pretty excited about a 6'6 um, sophomore, Henry Boyer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he adds. Again, you know, as Joe said, it might be tough for them to hang around. Lindblom is more of an unknown to me. They have Miles Twyman back and Marshawn Williams, who are both really good players. Marshawn Williams is 6'5", um, but they did lose Shamar Pumphrey, who is, you know, one of their leaders. So we'll see how that goes. But I, they've been pretty consistent lately, Lindblom. They seem to find it. I'm going to be interested to see how they do. You know, they were perfect, 9-0 and in the White Central. They beat everybody. So it, they're the ones I'm... 
I'm not sure about. I think they might have a better three to stick. Oh, good question. I would imagine. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I they're think... interesting. I'm less certain about them. I think they could be an interesting one to watch. Um, next up, Bones McKenzie, who, um, well, well, I'll just read it. Mike, your rankings annoy me, but the hoops coverage is top notch and we appreciate it. I'm, <laughs> I'm predicting a monster year from Darius Burford with the inexperience on the Bolingbrook roster and the step back on the schedule. He'll have to do more and he'll be able to, should he have been in the preseason player of the year watch list? No, <laughs> sorry. Um, if you haven't noticed, Bones McKenzie's a big Bolingbrook fan. And um, I don't know. I, I get why some Bolingbrook people might be annoyed by my rankings. But, you know, I see them play like 10 times a year. So it, it can't be like it used to annoy me when Taylor Bell used to not rank Joliet Township high. And then he didn't come all year to watch us play. <laughs> and it, I mean, I would be checking this every single game to see if he finally come. We'd see him sometimes late in the playoffs and be like, oh, my gosh, man. Um, so Bones, I guess my point is at least, you know, I've watched your team and um, you don't agree with me. Joe, why wasn't Darius Burford on your player of the year watch list? Well, I mean, I just, no disrespect to Darius Burford. He's going to have a great year and he's going to be an all-state candidate. But I just think this year is a different type of year. I just, you know, I, 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 I would be, I'll be, well, I mean, I guess last year we were surprised a couple of guys came out of the woodwork and 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 that could happen but when you go into the year um with the guys that we have at the top and the team that they play for it's really hard to i'm just not one to just start throwing around eight nine ten twelve names (laughs) for player of the year um i i just i try to keep it realistic boy i like his all area chances though right i mean oh yeah i mean people forget they had three division one players and they're all, you know, at Division One schools. Yet he was their leading scorer yeah. last year. Put up huge so numbers, yeah. uh, he had a terrific year, and he's a, he's an electric in the open court, man. Uh, his speed and and, and uh, yeah, he, he'll he'll. I mean, <laughs> if you had to pick out five guys potentially to play themselves up into that conversation out of the woodwork, like a AG or. Dejuan Gordon, or you know, I mean, maybe he'd be on that five just because he's going to have the capability of putting up some big numbers. I think, but this also isn't as loaded of a Bolingbroke team, so we'll see. Um, and the last question is from Eric Beam. Um, he says, in thinking about the proposal to split the state series for a variety of sports, basketball included, into boundary to non-boundary, what are your and Joe's thoughts on this? Does it have a chance to pass? Is it reasonable to say that this makes sense with how much recruiting goes on from non-boundary schools across the state? What- I don't know if you want my answer or the reasons behind my answer. I have a definitive no. I, I would never want that. Yeah, um, I agree. Um I just have no – I think it takes away from a lot of the history. It takes a lot away from what this state is made up as far as high school basketball, um, as far as specific, specifically that sport, especially that sport. I, I would hate to see it. Yeah, me too. It would be a disaster. And it's pretty far. What Eric's talking about is um, oh, two weeks ago now um, – principals and administrators and everybody can like kind of draft their own bills. If you want to think about this, like, uh, like in the, the government system. And then they, they write those bills and they submit them to the IHSA. And that's what happened. Someone wrote a little bill of bylaw 
that this could happen. Um, proposing this to split state series into boundary schools and non-boundary schools. And then what the IHSA does is they have all these town hall meetings and they get gauge kind of everybody's opinion. And if they think this is a good idea, and if that's the case, then I believe they go to their board and the board has to put it on. There's a lot of steps to go through before this thing is going to be voted on. And it hasn't even cleared the first hurdle yet, but it is out there. Um, so I guess it's worth talking about, but not even enough that I bothered to write a story yet because it's got a lot long way to go before that. All right. It's time to start revealing the preseason super 25 Joe and I, on the fly, just before we started recording, have decided to do this a little bit differently. We are going to time ourselves. We've got a stopwatch here. Full disclosure, it is just my iPhone. And um, we're going to do three minutes each. We're going to have a little timer that goes off on the top ten teams. And then two minutes each on the next 15. going to try and, because this has been a really long podcast, we're going to try and tame this beast a little bit. Yeah, no, we. I think we're... I think we went an hour and fifty or hour forty last year in our top twenty-five. So, so we're gonna we're gonna hold to this. So, are we gonna are we gonna talk faster? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, probably. I talk fast enough, so I better not talk any faster. Um, okay, you ready to go, Joe? Yeah. Number one. Oh, uh, I guess okay. So the timing will timer will start after I say who it is. Um, <laughs> Number one, I guess, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm equivocating already. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Okay, um, I'm starting the timer now. Number one is Bloom. I guess I have to start since I ranked them number one. Morgan Park was probably going to be number one. Everybody remembers Joe's story about how it might have been Nick Irvin's best team ever. But then Siri Lewis, who was supposed to be at Morgan Park after leaving Kenwood, left out of state and all of a sudden got a little worried about the situation big man situation at Morgan park and bloom has, they've just got a rock solid group of seven seniors all been playing together, all focused on this. Yes. It was a disappointing end of the season last year for them and a disappointing showing at Pontiac to me, but to me, this is definitely the four a top contenders. Well, and they, and since that story, uh, they added another player, yeah. Christian Shoemate from Plainfield East, a dynamic athlete, athlete who's their fifth division one player, but they have the guard play in that, in that threesome Keyshawn Williams, Donovan Newby and, and Dante Maddox, very interchangeable. And they got the big man. Martise Mitchell is going to Minnesota six, nine long can do a lot of, you can protect the rim a little bit, uh, step out. So yeah, it, it's, it's, they've got depth. All it is with them, Mike. Uh, is, is taking that next step. You know, they've been building towards this year, and this is the year they've been waiting for, and they got their chance to, to show it and prove it, uh, but they're going to have to. Uh, you know, I, I think Pontiac is going to be their coming out party uh, as far as living up to that number one ranking. Yeah, and they're going to get a huge test right away at Thanksgiving with um, HF right. and Hillcrest for sure, possibly HF. Possibly Marion Catholic coming their way. That Chicago Heights Classic is loaded. I guess if I had to come up with a weakness for Bloom, it's gonna right now. What I would most be worried about is rebounding, because Martise Mitchell, you know, doesn't necessarily hang out down low all the time. Uh, that is not his thing. And the guys they lost last year were some strong rebounders. Um, Christian Shoemate, you know, I have not. I've only seen him twice. 
I mean, he's a guy that could theoretically do that. You know, he can jump out of the gym for well, sure. Oh, yeah. When he's engaged and active, he's a monster on the offensive glass in particular. He's a 6'5 freak athlete. So, uh, and then they've got some size in the uh, – Imandrek Erkins, a sophomore, who will be a small role. And then and, and Jaden uh, Bazant is another kid who's 6'4". So, uh, yeah, I, I agree because uh, Martise is not a dominating figure on the glass either. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. When they play a, one of these super teams in, in a high-profile game, you're, you're correct. That would be the one thing I would be worried about. Um, otherwise, you got to love the leadership with Dante Maddox Jr., you know, Kishon Williams' athleticism. And it just feels good that this is a team that's been together for a long time and is pushing forward. And we are just about to hit our buzzer. That actually seemed kind of long, huh? Yeah, no, plenty of time. Yeah, that was not bad at all. We're uh... – I can actually get my uh, little. What was the last non-public league team that was number one? Uh, Do you know? Shoot, I should for my story. Um, I was curious. I can't think of Stevenson? who. Stevenson. I was going to say them. But I know if there was one. Before. Yeah, probably since Jalen Brunson Stevenson team. I think it has to be. Yeah. But were they number one as? A, yeah. I think for me, not for you. You had you had Simeon. Okay. All right. Yeah. Number two. Here we go. Number two. Let's hit it. And um, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised. It is Morgan Park. Um, Could have easily been number one. They are absolutely loaded. Everybody knows about Adam Miller, who's committing on Thursday. Little Michigan added to that mix right there. Marcus Watson, who just lit the EYBL on fire, assist-wise. Wake Forest recruit. Brandon Weston, who we have been waiting to see play for Morgan Park. He's going to add an awful lot. A 6'4", another D1 type player. Isaiah Burrell is back. And then there are two kids that I cannot wait to see. Joe knows more about them than I do at this point. But Javante Taylor, 6'6", freshman. Supposed to be the best incoming freshman. I think he scored 33 points in the scrimmage they had the other night. And another freshman, a guard, Darren Ames. They both have Illinois offers already. Yeah, Javante is a. He just looks the part. He's long. He's he's active. He's he's got a good skill level. Uh, the upside, the high ceiling, all that. Darren Ames is uh, terrific too. I mean, those are Taylor's the number one freshman. Ames is the top three or four freshman. Uh, I I just but this team, the the load that the, 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 that threesome is going to carry, Watson, Weston, and of course Adam Miller it's really going to be difficult to match that, you know, and, and what people forget about Morgan park is kind of what and I'm writing about this coming up too, just kind of their culture of, of what they do and, and how they do it. It, it. it is repetitive rinse and repeat every year with their, their, they play hard, they play fast and they continue to put pressure on you. And, and, and that happens with, with star players. So, you know what Morgan Park has done, particularly in Class 3A. Uh, they they are the team to beat in 3A, and they can win a city title as well. So it's you know it, to me it's 1A, 1B almost with that number one. I'll have Bloom number one as well, but um, that that one two is is really interchangeable. Yeah, you can. I mean. <laughs> It's easy to it's easy to see a way in which Bloom isn't going to last a week with that Chicago Heights classic schedule they've got. And if Morgan Park takes down Young opening night, I mean, who knows? Oh, also, Javante Taylor, the freshman we were talking about, he is the younger brother of Steve Taylor, who a lot of you will remember, who I believe started at Mount Carmel. 
number uh, number one player in that class. It was yeah. a bad class, but <laughs> yes, it uh, was. Then Simeon, and I think he ended at Toledo, played at Marquette too. Um, but yeah, he is his younger brother, and Adam Miller. Oh boy, I mean, he has got. He's gonna have a chip on his shoulder about not winning Player of the Year last year. He's gonna have a chip on his shoulder about everybody saying DJ Stewart is number one this year and DJ right. Stewart's Duke offer. I mean, you—he's just gonna come out on fire. I agree, and you know his size and his shooting ability—he—he he is going to be what what he is. He's a, he's a player, a legit Player of the Year candidate who will most likely play like one. All right, that was our three minutes. Now number three. This was an easy decision, too. No hard decisions yet. It is Whitney Young, 25-8 and eight last year. They have the aforementioned Duke recruit, DJ Stewart. Tyler Beard is back. Sangale and Jai, who a lot of you remember, tough kid, 6'5 kid. Elliot Seeger, still around. It seems like he's been around forever. He really kind of found his spot to me late in the season last year as, you know, a defensive kind of mastermind for them. Grant Newell, who... 6'7 junior. We expected a lot from him last year. Didn't necessarily see it, but I hear he played well again in the summer. Jayshon Thomas has transferred in. And then we'll get to the youngsters. Xavier Amos, 6'5 sophomore. I keep hearing a ton about. And they have their own freshman phenom. Phenom, Dalen Davis. He's the younger brother of the Westinghouse senior star, Devin Davis. And it's tough to find a... um, a weakness with this team. I, I kind of like every piece of it. Well, I mean, it starts with DJ. I mean, and, and DJ is a, he's an unselfish star who, who has a presence about him. Uh, and, and I think that goes a long way. I mean, I, he, he's a leader. They follow that, you know, it, it's going to be imperative or the key. I really believe is for Tyler Beard to be yeah. at a high level. I mean, he, he's got athleticism and experience and the capability it's just a matter of of being a, a consistent weapon, a consistent factor for for young. Uh, Jay Sean Thomas had a terrific offseason. Uh, he, you know, he's a big he's a big body guard, six two junior who can score. He's going to add some offensive punch, but, but uh, it, it, for me, it's just they need a, a guy or two to really rise up uh, and, and be a. A, a wingman to DJ Stewart and, and whether that's Grant Newell, who I love, uh, he's a six, seven junior. Who's one of the top 10 prospects in that junior class. Uh, he's a little bit of a late, later bloomer type player, but whether it's, you know, Jay Sean Thomas providing, you know, 10, 12, a game or Grant Newell or, or, or Tyler Beard playing in Tyler Beard, Mike 18 months, 16, 17 months ago was ranked in the top 100 players in the country. Uh, after a, some great camp work that he did in the summertime. So, and then you mentioned Dylan Davis. Woo! I mean, he's ready to play. He is poised and composed for freshmen. Yeah, I'm a big Tyler Beard fan. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's easily going to be that complimentary player to Stewart. I want to, and boy, Jason Thomas, I saw him at RB, you know, playing with them, and he was excellent. They, they need one of the bigs, though. Grant Newell needs to be the guy that people think he can be. Because if he does that, the sky's the limit for this team. And I think it's worth pointing out, this is a team good enough to be number one in some years. You know, all of these top three are to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, one, two, three, I think is, is pretty simple. And, and I, again, I don't want to take too much stock into the opening week. I'm a, I'm a big anti Thanksgiving tournament, but I'm anti, they, they just, I think we overreact after the first week of the season. And there's some big games that first week. 
I can't wait to start overreacting. <laughs> All right. Yes, Mike is king of it. First <laughs> first week. I'm ready, and I will hold a grudge over that Thanksgiving week loss for two months <laughs> in the rankings. <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. Next up, number four, Simeon. They were 20 and 15 last year. It was the weirdest year in Robert Smith's career, I would say, probably. Um, bunch of losses. It was rough record for a while. Um, and it kind of looked like this was going to be a challenging year again for Simeon with a lot of young players, a lot of talent. But then Jeremiah Williams arrived. The St. Lawrence star has transferred to Simeon. And in my mind, he changes absolutely everything for the Wolverines, gives them just a rock solid number one option. Williams does a little bit of everything if you've seen his game. And now they've got Bynum, who, who can kind of be that, you know, number two guy. They've got a solid one, two. And then a, a shooter out there on the wing with Fred Poole, a guard. They're Dylan Ingram and Philip Holmes are back, guys you saw a little bit last year. Jalen Drain, I, you know, you can't forget about him. He, he was mind-blowingly good to me at times last year as a freshman. Not super consistent, but he'll be able to play a solid role this year and they have their own star freshman if you've noticed a trend Jalen Griffin who's a little smaller than the other guys just 5'9 but we've heard an awful lot of good things about him Simeon number four yeah I don't know if they would be a top five team without the addition of Jeremiah Williams and and particularly the reason why because he's like a jack of all trades Swiss army knife for this team. You can now play Bynum off the ball, you can play Jeremiah Williams on the ball, you can play Jeremiah Williams off the ball. So uh, Jalen Drain, they they've got multiple ball handler now, ball handlers with Drain, Bynum and 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 Jeremiah Williams. Jeremiah Williams also helps him. He's a tremendous rebounder. Uh he he blocks shots with his length. So he just kind of fills a stat sheet for them. And, you know, these weaknesses that we may have been picking apart with Simeon, he kind of glosses over that a little bit. So they've got an enormous amount of of question marks with individual players, but they've got so many of them. I mean, they've got a boatload of players, and a few more that you haven't even discussed. Lance Rogers is a 6'6 sophomore, and I can't remember if you mentioned Avion Morris, a sophomore guard that, that have played well this fall. So, you know, all they need is for, you know, two or three of those guys, uh, you know, the, the, the second tier guys to, to fill in some roles that, that Simeon needs them to fill and, and they'll be a bona fide and be able to stay in a bona fide top five team. Yeah. I was out of their practice um, last week. Robert Smith, was really happy with kind of his group of bigs. You know, none of these guys are surefire college prospects or anything, but he said he had a lot of them and they were all looking pretty good. So he can kind of run through and see who's playing well on a particular night. Also mentioned, unlike the last few years, he says, this team knows who they are. The chemistry's there. Everybody knows Williams and Bynum are the stars. And he said, that's just going to make things a lot easier um, as the season goes on. And imagine AJ Casey on, on this team. And then you're talking these top four teams. Woo. But anyway, he's at Tinley Park, and uh, we're on a number five. That would be fun. We will not get to Tinley Park. Spoiler alert. They're not – AJ Casey did not make them a Super 25 <laughs> team. Um, but this next team, uh, you might have read my story uh, from the first day of practice. I was up in Lincolnshire at Stevenson checking out number five Stevenson, 27-6 and six last year. That definitely took me by surprise. I knew – I thought they'd be good. I did not think they would be – 
that much better than Waukegan and everybody. Matt Ambrose is back. He's the senior, recently committed to Indianapolis. RJ Holmes, 6'4", strong, jumping jack. John, I, jeez, I, I Tunis. Tunis. I Tunis. Um, Evan Ambrose, who I believe we've discussed before on the uh, No Shot Clock podcast. And this is just, a, it's a team, it's a high school basketball team. It's not full of superstars, but man, are they fun to watch. And they won the Riverside Brookfield tournament. You know, here's there, there, there's something different about Stevenson than every team in your top 10, Mike. There is the only team that does not have a division one player. Uh, and they're in the top five. Well, they're the only one that doesn't have four. Uh, at least, at least three for sure. You're right. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that, and that says a lot about yes, the 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 individual, the makeup of the individual players, but also the guy in charge, Pat Ambrose. He is one of the most, he's one of the best coaches in the state of Illinois. He's been through this with stars before, with Jalen Brunson and Justin Smith. He's been through this with uh, uh, the, the first team he took to Peoria that didn't have a star, didn't have a Division One player uh, prior to that great run they had with Brunson and company. So. You, you've got a guy in charge who's been through all of this. It's, and by that, I mean a top 10 team, you know, with, with heavy expectations. This isn't some new newbie to the to the scene here. So it's just a team that I think Matthew Ambrose is a highly underappreciated guy in the Chicago area. I mean, he, he's a Division two talent who signed with Indianapolis. And, you know, he's going to be, you know, an all-area type player. They just – they're the team that's not going to put up monster numbers. They're not going to probably wow you with with um, you know individual stardom. But it, 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 the chemistry will be there. It's a veteran group. They won a ton of games. Won a sectional last year, and they have their eyes set on Peoria for sure. Yeah, they're up front talking about it. Um, R.J. Holmes, if you didn't see my story, um, wants to go to MIT which is not something I've ever heard talking at a <laughs> basketball practice to a kid before. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how things go for them. They actually were just a shot away, and they, they kept – I didn't – actually, when I showed up in the gym in Lincolnshire, I did not remember that. You know, I wasn't at the game, but I remember reading the story. But they're obsessed with that. It was Matthew Ambrose that missed the shot that would have sent them to Peoria, and apparently they've been thinking about that for months. And they feel like they're just that close again, and it, it's going to be so much fun. And, and you know, it's, things aren't loaded up north. No, not at all. I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, I think it's as down as it's been on the North Shore in particular in a while. Yeah. All right. Onwards. We're doing this. Is this time seems natural? Oh, yeah. Right. Two minutes might be a little bit more of a rush, but we're rolling here. All right. Number six, Marion Catholic, fresh off that Class Three A uh, appearance in Peoria, and man, this team. In a way, this ranking bothers me. It's, you know, they have Aaron Eulis going to Iowa, Elijah Jones going to Western Illinois, Yemiel Elutilo, I believe is how you pronounce it. Remember him playing well, didn't say his name a lot. And then Joe Green, who uh, always played well. I mean, I really like this team, and I kept thinking they should be higher than six, but I couldn't, like, put them above the teams above them. Maybe Stevenson, but then Stevenson played so well over the summer. I mean, this team's going to be challenged every night, though, because the South Suburb, the East Suburban Catholic, uh, is, is good. They're not; they might not have the greatest record in the world. Maybe even twenty-seven and five could be tough again. Just looking at their what they might have to face this first week at Thanksgiving. But you really have to love their chances um, this season. 
I mean, people, you know, the, the, this team's won 26 and 27 games the past two years. Uh, you throw in a third place finish uh, in class two, 3A. It, it's just been a great run uh, for the Spartans. And, and I think this team has a chance to be the best since the Tyler Eulis led one in 2013-2014. That one lost in the super sectional. But, uh, you know, I, when I talk about underrated and underappreciated, I'm going to throw Aaron Eulis in there. Simply, everybody knows him, and he's got a big name. He's going to a high major. But I, as far as stars are concerned, I, I think he's has been somewhat not talked about enough. He's the catalyst of this team. You know, he, he not only scores for them 18 points a game, but, you know, he'll he, he he's a table setter. He'll get five, six assists a game. He'll, he'll get in the, in the glass. Joe Green had a terrific junior year. Yeah. I mean, it, people don't realize how good he was. And But the key to me, without question, is Elijah Jones. Uh, Western Illinois commitment is, is a 6'6", versatile, a guy who has to come ready, consistently play at a high level uh, for them to kind of, well, to, to, to manage where they're at right now in the rankings and, and to play at a high level. Yeah, Joe Green, man, he, he was terrific every game, I, especially, I don't, you, I don't know if you guys remember, but Aaron Eulis didn't play in the Homewood Flossmore game because he'd gotten kicked out, he got a technical in the game before over Thanksgiving, and Joe Green stepped right up and was like the featured star in that game. Also, worth remembering, guess who started at Marion Catholic and could have been on this team? Well, RJ, a lot of people over the years have started at Marion Catholic. R.J. Ogum. Uh, yeah. I mean, right. imagine, I mean, you add him to this mix, all of a sudden, who knows how high they're Yeah, ranked. that's you're right. That's a, it was kind of a scary thought that I was uh, reading when I was kind of looking over my preseason stuff. All right, that was perfectly timed. Look at this. Um, next up is number seven, and Joe might – he might sigh at this one, but to me, I'm a little worried about this one. It's my first first one that feels like it might be a little bit of a stretch. Just because of it's the Notre questions Dame. of coming together? or Yeah, because I'm just not totally... I haven't seen the Louis yeah. Lesmond show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen him play well, but I'm, I haven't seen him play as well as you have. Um, it's Notre Dame. Jason Bergstrom. Is there a 6'4 senior going to Illinois Springfield, I believe? And then Anthony Sales and Troy D'Amico. I, I, I like you starting the Notre Dame segment with Jason Bergstrom, though. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I like that. Solid player, much improved. And with all these divisions, the reason I said that just because they got three Division One guys and, and Bergstrom. And, no, he's not one of them. <laughs> Division Two. I mean, he's, he's going to be. Uh, uh, and I, I kind of interrupted you, but. Um, no, you that's know, about he, all. He, yeah. he had a great. Off season for them. I mean, I, I was really encouraged by what he was able to to do for them um, this summer, and to po- as much improved from his. He averaged about eight, nine a game for them a year ago. Uh, but then you get to the big three. Uh, they're, 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 I mean, my concern would have been that how do you 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 bring in another high profile kid to a group that's been playing together? How does that mix? I, I liked what I saw of them, you know, in the summertime. They, they were still learning, but Anthony Sales, Troy D'Amico, and Louis Lesman, all three of them are Division One offers. They're all minimum mid majors, so the talent is there. Kevin Clancy, I think, is kind of molding this group together. I think you may see some of your concerns maybe early on, just as they're. You know, I haven't looked at their schedule closely, but 
as they kind of put this thing together. But there's no denying that they have top ten talent. I mean, top ten you know ranking talent, and I, I, I mean, they're about where I would have them. Yeah, I wasn't worried about them in the top ten, and it's not that I, I obviously I think they're going to be very good. I have them number seven. It's more so that the teams below them to me are a little bit more experienced and established. And yeah. so I wondered about. But when they make their 3A run yeah. in Class 3A. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which uh, is interesting. We've got, you know, Notre Dame drops from 4A to 3A with all this talent. and uh, But, you know, it's going to be a, one of the best teams in the Chicago area all year long. Uh, we will hit on that more um, in next week's podcast, kind of this 3A thing, because it's changed a lot. Um, a lot of teams have dropped down, and we will get kind of more in-depth with that. And a key for them, Jimmy Murphy, he's a senior guard, kind of brings some some toughness and some tangibles. He kind of adds to that mix as well. And I guess we also have to wait and see if Lesmond is eligible right away. Um, I have not heard for sure. I guess we will find out. I, I, I will I will say he will be, uh, just based on info I, I've kind of gathered and heard. Nice. And we should mention, for those who don't obsess over this stuff, He's from he transferred from Evanston. I don't think we said that, right? Um, at any point. Uh, next up is number eight, and it is the Bengals of Bogan, and this team, man, this they're one of the reasons why I worry so much about having Notre Dame ahead of them. Antoine Bloxton, from the little we were able to see of him last year, absolutely electric senior guard. Kendall Davis, who boy, he's always looked the part. It sounds like he had an excellent summer, 6'5". Then you got Tremere Fraley, 6'8". And then a, a player I love, Darian Jones, who was just an old-school, frankly, Red West guard. Just strong and powerful and gets to the basket and has been so confident since he was a freshman, but hasn't really had a, a huge role. Although, if you were paying attention last year, I believe he was even in the starting lineup over, um, and I've already forgotten the senior the kid with Jordan Booker. Um, Jer- no, I forgot. Washington? Jeremiah Washington. Jeremiah Washington, yeah. <laughs> he, I believe he took Jeremiah Washington's minutes by the end of the year. That's how good Darian Jones was playing. So, I mean, and you know Bogan. It's loaded even deeper than this. I think my, the question mark for me, you just got to wonder. Antoine Bloxton has been up and down and around a lot of places in his career. So I just wasn't quite as certain about what I'd be seeing on the court. But you can see a scenario in which Bogan is unbelievable this year. Well, Bloxton's electric. He's electric scorer. And what I, I, I'm i going to call this one, I think Kendall Davis is going to be one of the breakout players. He, If you look at his numbers last year, he didn't put up big numbers. But what he yeah. did was he was a great role guy for them. He defended. You know, he hit a three here, get a rebound there. Uh, he, he played great in the Morgan Park game uh, in that sectional win with some toughness and some some big plays. Not big numbers, big plays. But now uh, he's got that combination of athleticism, size, and shooting ability. And I think Kendall Davis is, and Bloxton are going to form a, a pretty potent one-two punch. And now it's just a matter of – and I, I do love Darian Jones, just like you said. But how do you fill the void of Rashawn Agee? And whether that's Fraley or, as you mentioned, uh, Kennedy Brown still around, uh, you know, six pair, six, eight kids, they're not going to do what AG did. But can they provide a presence? Can they be a, you know, a factor defensively and on the glass for them? Because it's, it's, you know, I, I think Bogan is going to be very good. And, and, you know, again, another 3A team. So 
Is Kennedy Brown still around? He was a junior last year, wasn't I he? I think he transferred. Oh. I'm not well, sure Bogan, about that. But Bogan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Bloxton had, been, as I've been told, was leaving and, yes. and still there. and so it's That's right. I'm not sure, but I think I heard... Uh, the Bogan or rosters are always <laughs> fluid, fluid <laughs> yeah. and uh, we wait till that that opening game. I mean, they could really use Kennedy Brown. That would be huge if he was still there, and they might have bumped them up a few spots if I was sure. But I'm sure they've probably added some people I'm also <laughs> completely unaware of as well. But uh, they're going to be fun, and they, yeah. But you're right, we're going over here. But I'm not. I mean, everybody lost a lot, but losing Jordan Booker and Rashawn Agee is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> George Booker played yeah. unbelievable down the stretch yeah. for them. So that's a, that's a it's, big hole. Yeah. Um, next up, number nine. I, I think it's turning out, you know, people love, I think last year I should have thrown this moniker off. It's Evanston. Number nine is Evanston, who will always believe that I hate them. And I think that's, I think I had them higher than any, everybody last year. And I've got them pretty high this year. You got them higher than I do. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we need to lose this O'Brien hates Evanston <laughs> thing. Um, Blake Peters, only a junior. Feels like he's been there forever, probably for all of you. Elijah Bull, Jalen Gibson. Um, there's always, you know, a raft of youngsters. I just, I'm a big believer in Blake Peters. I think now that he's going to have kind of the lead role in this group, we're going to see an awful lot out of him and, you know, with Mike, what Mike Ellis has done there for years, to me, they're a rock solid. I could have had them a couple spots higher even at this point. I, I think you, you, uh, Jalen Gibson is going to be a different player, Mike, than what you saw, uh, than what fans saw. He's going to have way more responsibility. He's he's handling the ball. He's playing some out in the perimeter now. And, you know, a lot of – even some point guard for them. So he last first two years, he's been a productive um you know, hard nosed defender, rebounder, added offense when you need to. But yeah, I mean, him and Peters have been through a lot of, uh, of state tournament runs, big games. You know, Peters averaged 13 a game, hit 114 threes last year. Uh, but the the unsung addition here is the return of Elijah Bull. He uh, was at Evanston, left to go to Niles North. I think he averaged 10, 11 a game. Last year as a sophomore at Niles North. Now he's back. Uh, he's a good-looking ball player. And then Isaiah Holden is another junior guard. So they got a little two-year run here with all these juniors. Uh, keep an eye on sophomore guard Rashawn Bost. So it, it's uh, – the big worry here, though, Mike, is they have no size. Yeah. I mean, none. Uh, you know, Every guy I mentioned there is, is six-footer shorter except for Jalen Gibson. So – it was the same it, last year, though. Uh, wait, who did we, who did we lose? We lost somebody. Oh, Lance Jones. Yeah. yeah. They so, had no size last year. Um, you know, it's it's just yeah, – and then it gets to be matchups and who you're playing and, and, and things like that. But this is – yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be very good and very very good in the perimeter. And you love how – I'm sure those names are familiar to you guys, Holden and Bost. They're the younger brothers of the – Ryan Boston, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this last time, and they're already they saw a lot last year, so I feel like they're kids that are maybe a little bit more ready to step up than some of the other younger guys. Um, Evanston's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and as we mentioned, it's not loaded up there, um, right? Right. So that is definitely going to help them. And wow, we are perfectly timed yet again to uh, segue into number ten. 
another team in the South suburbs and a team that I think might take some people by surprise. might confuse some people Hillcrest Mm -hmm. in at number 10. They were an enigma last year. You saw the ability. It just didn't quite translate to wins in any way. Yeah. Okay. They were 21 and 10 (laughs) unbeaten in conference, but I think everybody at Hillcrest will tell you they didn't achieve everything they wanted to. Uh, Marquise Irving, uh, the junior guard, it was hurt and missed the football game this weekend, so he will is unlikely to be playing next week. But they are loaded with a bunch of six five, six six prospects, juniors Julius Rollins, Hamari Bowers, Jacoby Hetty, and then there's a junior guard, Kenton Wright. Joe, I know you've been writing a lot about these Hillcrest prospects over the summer. Yeah, it's very rare that you have a team in the top ten that a couple of their best players no one has seen. Yeah. And <laughs> You know, Hamari Bowers and Jacoby Hedy are, are just they're they're six five six six kids that you know opened eyes of my 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 eyes and jumped up my my rankings in that class. Uh, I mean, Julian Julius Rollins is a little bit of a known commodity. He had a great sophomore yeah. season last year. A ton of energy, uh, plays hard. But if these two that I just mentioned, Jacoby and and Hamari rise to the level I you know they're late bloomers so you know it's all of my stuff is based on prospects and where I project them and their ceilings but that doesn't mean that they're not going to impact this year Robert Miles is another kid in the, in, the, in that junior group uh he he played in the varsity last year not as hyped up as the other three that I mentioned but he's got varsity experience you mentioned Marquis Irving though I mean he, he's a football star but he's still the the rock uh, the leader for this particular Hillcrest basketball team. And I don't know how long he'll be out, but he's in uh, a walking boot, I think. So it kind of put a damper on the Chicago Heights classic for me because I think they need him, right? I mean, oh yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's a, he's, he's, he's a scorer, yeah. but he also kind of gives them like a little bit of an edge, some toughness, competitiveness. And, and, and he's a, one of the, you know, a prime ball handler. So yeah, uh, that that's a, I mean, depending on how long he's out, that's a big, uh, I, 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 I'm not saying he's out for the year. I'm just saying it will, however long he's out, he is going to be severely missed. Yeah. It's too bad. Cause we always like that. The Chicago Heights class is a lot of fun and it's not good when a team is limited. Next up another team, another, another three, eight team too. Oh yeah. Hillcrest. So we got one, two, three. Marion Catholic 3A? Yeah, I believe. Four, five, half of the top ten are class 3A this year. That's got to be a first. Hillcrest is literally the 3A, like, stalwarts. <laughs> so, you know, Marion Catholic's the only one I'm not sure of. I think I wrote it down but the, somewhere. But there is no way you've had five 3A schools in the top ten ever. No Most way. likely not. There was the one year where Marshall and Simeon played for the state title. When I probably had those two at least, but I don't know who the others would have been. Um, so all point. you 3A fans, no more bashing. From, this is your year. From, from, yeah, we're um, not gonna, I'm not going to bash them anymore. Number 11, not a 3A team and a team that I probably like more than most. Lincoln Park, 23-8 and eight last year. Everyone remembers. The, basically, they kind of have Young's number <laughs> during the regular season. Um, Ismail Habib and Julio Montes are two just – absolutely 
dynamite high school basketball players. They're not the huge prospects that a lot of the kids we've talked about are, but boy, can they play. And I think, I think Habib just picked up a couple offers and then they're going to have Romel Howard, the six, eight senior who missed almost all of last season. And then they've got a lot of good role players. But to me, this team has had a real fire under Pat Gordon and Habib and Montes. You just, that is everything you want to build a high school basketball team around. I'm very, very big on Lincoln park this season. Yeah, I've got them in my top 25. I do not have them as high as you do. I think there's what I'm looking for them and some props to Pat Gordon, who's done a great job there as a coach. He uh, he, he has continued to push forward even as some stars have left, like Terrence Shannon left. And But what the, the next step for them, Mike, is to win something big. And by that I mean – you know, whether they do good at the holiday tournament or whether they get into a city semi here with this group or a winner, a winner regional, uh, last year they got upset as a four seed in the regional final. So, uh, but then during the regular season, they'll come up with some monster wins. I was at that young win on, on the road at young last December. And, you know, the, particularly, uh, the play of Montez was just, was unbelievable. Uh, so they've got some guys that they'll need to step up some names to keep an eye on, like Krishan Jackson. He's a, he's a versatile guard for them. Uh, they got a shooter in Julian Smith, uh, Miles McGee, a defensive stopper. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a very, very good Lincoln Park team. It's just a matter of now, can they, you know, and Romel Howard being there the full season, he missed a lot of time last year off the court, you know, stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be another great season for Lincoln Park. It's just a matter of can they take that next step. Yeah, you're right. It's the consistency. They'll beat Young, and then they'll lose two teams in a row they shouldn't have lost to. That, mm-hmm. It's been up there. They're, they're a fiery bunch, Lincoln Park. Um, super fun to watch, though. Um, number 12, Joe, have I done it again? Have I ranked Curie way too low in the preseason again? I kept staring at this. Remembering last year, when I, when I, I think I had them ninth. Yeah, I, th- I think I've got him. I think I have him tenth, so it's not too gosh too far. It, but it is a different Curie team, man. Yeah, um, I mean, I, 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 I love I, have, <laughs> I, I do. I just yeah. have my reservations. I, I don't see as much overwhelming talent across the board. Yeah, as I have seen in other Curie teams, but yet they're you know they're still top ten, top twelve type team. Uh, but yeah, you, you just mentioned him. Ramin, Ramin Hinton is, there's no one, well, at least there's no one that's going to be playing harder or tougher than Ramin Hinton. Uh, he battles, he battles every night and he's a six, four endless energy competitive kid who, you know, rebounds and defends and, and he's going to be their, you know, their number one score. Yeah. Elijah Pickens is back. You know, there's been some hopes about Phil Berryhill, a junior. but And when you look at it, this is the kind of team that Mike Oliver tends to do kind of well with, though. A star and then role players that have been in his program that are good for a while. Um, I think he's really comfortable with a group like this. Yeah, Berryhill and Reggie Ward are two junior wings. You know, Armand Williams, a 6'5", senior. Nick Owens, a 5'7", junior guard. So, yeah, they, they've got, you know, the pieces to – like you said, that what Mike Oliver has done before, I just, I just don't know if they're as high a level. Yeah, they think Armand Williams is going to have a big year. He had some nice games last year. He's the guy that I think they're expecting to take a, a real step forward. 
Um, yeah, they'll be interesting to watch. It's possible I have underranked them again. We will see. Next up is number 13. It's Orr. And they're another one. They're tough for me because I can see a way in which they're a lot better than this. I can see a way in which things go wrong as well. 100%, yeah, 100% <laughs> agree with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, about this before yeah. you start talking about them. They have now replaced five senior starters from a state championship two years in a row. Yeah. So they graduated all five a year ago or two years ago and won a state title. Can they do that again in 2A? They like to call themselves the second chance you of the public league. Um, in this case, it's more like third chance <laughs> with some of these transfers. Um, Reggie Strong is at Orr now. You'll remember him from Farragut and then St. Joe's last year. Bryce Hall, I'm hearing rave reviews about during early practices. Apparently, he's shooting the heck out of the ball. He started at Brooks and then was at Simeon and is now at Orr. And Norville Meadows, you might have heard less about. He's from Prosser. He's been a real just stats sheet stuffer um, the last few years. Then they've got Demarius Splunge back, who started at Clark. Um, did not play, was hurt a lot. He played last year, but not a ton. He was hurt a lot. Uh, Sincere Callwood, Sean Harris, um, Leontay Lilly. There's, you know, seven or eight guys who can really play here. We've never seen them all play together, so we're not really sure what that's going to be. But I've always been a big Reggie Strong fan, and if he can put it together, I think he might be key to kind of getting all this group of talent together. My favorite player in the entire program is Leontay Lilly, uh, sophomore point guard. He is tiny but fun. Uh, have you seen him, Mike, much? Uh, well, yeah, I, seen, I saw him briefly because I had to I mean, sit through an he, awful lot of or sophomore games. He, he's he's going to be very good. And then they have another transfer that no one knows about, Tyree Shannon. He is the younger brother of uh, oh. recently graduated Tawante Williams. Not Terrence Shannon. Um, <laughs> but Tyree Shannon's younger brother of Tawante Williams. And he's a 6'6 kid who transferred, I think, from one of the urban prep. Or, I don't oh, know, so, okay. Uh, well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, who knows what we're going to get with Orr, but man, it could be something. Next up, a team I am rock-solidly certain is always ranked within five spots of this, I think, at this point. It is number 14, Homewood Flossmore. Uh, they they have R.J. Ogum back. Really kind of became a star late last season. Was a guy, um, was playing at an all area level, six foot five, and he just kept getting better and better. It sounds like he's gotten even better over the summer. They added Joel Watts, who was a guard, a very experienced guard from St. Rita. Um, a lot of other pieces in place. Joe, I'm sorry, getting used to this two minute time limit. HF, what do you think? Well, Isaac Stanback's the big hole he got to fill. He was a, a big presence defense or inside and on the glass. But R.J. Ogum had a great spring and summer. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of guards. You know, what who, who steps up? Josiah Palmer or Kenton Pryor, and uh, a sophomore to keep an eye on. Mike is Christian Meeks, and and then the development of a big man, Chad Reddy, oh, yeah. a six eight junior. Uh, he's going to have a bigger role this season. So they've got size. They've got. Some some girth and some strength. You, you mean Reddy Meeks and Ogum? I mean, those are three big boys. And uh, RJ shot the heck out of it this spring and summer, and he got a Division One scholarship offers and is heading to Charl uh, College of Charleston. So uh, Joel Watts will be interesting. Julian Gatewood's another transfer out of Montini uh, that should oh, help yeah. as well. Yeah, you know Ogum, what a matchup nightmare. I mean, he is just such an athlete and so strong. He, he could. He is one of those kids where I don't want to get ahead of myself, but 
you might see bubbling under player of the year if things go right. Um, in my mind, simply because the the rebound numbers he's going to put up, you know, with the points, you know, I love that. Not a lot of the other contenders have that in their arsenal. And now I'm ready to annoy Bones McKenzie with um, what I'm sure he thinks is far too low. Number 15, Bolingbrook, the aforementioned Darius Burford, who uh, is going to Elon, I believe. Um, And then some names we remember from last year. Keontae Thomas, Kai Evans, Isaiah Stafford, transfer in from Glenbard Glenbard East, Elijah Nelson, and who I want to hear about before we talk about anything else other than him is the freshman, Donovan Younger, 6'7". Tell me about this kid, Joe. Yeah, I mean, he's he provides them really their their only size inside, but he is a you know, top 10 freshman in the class. Oh, he had a, had a good a good run in, the, in, in the summer and fall. Uh, just really intriguing prospect. He will be an impact guy. Uh, you know, Isaiah Stafford is a junior to keep an eye on. He, you know, he is Kai Evans is a six three wing. He's got Division one offers. He's transferred in from Montini. And then you mentioned Elijah Nelson. He's a, you know, an impact kid in terms of he's got over a thousand career points. Uh, was a leading scorer at Glenbard East last year. So, you know that they are going to be very perimeter perimeter dominated by all these guards and uh, the the pace they play at. We know is fast, fast, fast. And, and Burford will shine in that. But they've got some flexibility, some versatility in these guards a lot of them can play point guard on the ball and off the ball you can move Burford off the ball uh Nelson can play off the ball you can play on the ball Keontae Thomas is a, you know in my mind probably a pure point guard with great passing ability so it, it's a nice mix but it's one that's gonna have to come together I think I think they could take some lumps early their schedule isn't as as strong as it's been They've kind of changed their schedule up a little bit. They'll be at, I think, going to Jack Tosh at Christmas time for yeah. uh, add that. So, but you know, some are predicting a drop because they they did graduate four starters, three of them Division One. Yeah. So keep that in mind as as this first half of the season plays out. Uh, and we have to mention before we get into the next team, almost every year I seem to show up for the first Bolingbrook game, and there's a big I don't know about. That has arrived. There's a little or bogan going on at Bolingbrook <laughs> with that roster. <laughs> we shall uh, see how that goes. And next up, number 16, <clears throat> basically a fixture of the preseason Super 25. It is Oak Park. They lost a lot for sure. Um, but there is this junior, Isaiah Barnes, who probably has not really received the recognition or the kind of the press really that he deserves based on his ability I, I know you're big on him joe but i think everybody is who sees him play uh, josh smith is also back he's a junior and the senior justin cross who was a guy he contributed a lot l- last year but he's gonna have a much bigger role this year he's six foot six oak park is you know their whole roster will be loaded are they gonna let me down joe in this well this is this is this is the high ceiling team this is the high ceiling team with the high ceiling players that they all have to as a team get there and as individuals get there because you mentioned Isaiah Barnes. Yes. I mean, he's the highest ranked prospect of the group. He's six foot seven, six, six. I mean, he has to Paul offer Illinois offer. Uh, they picked that up in June, multifaceted kid, but Josh Smith to me is one of the more underrated kids in the class. He is an athletic scoring six, three combo guard. And I think Justin cross Mike is one of the most improved players in that senior class, and he's six seven, so they've got some intriguing size, athleticism, and length. 
and now it's just you know you know playing and reaching that level they're all projected to be terrific college prospects it's just are, are they ready to be polished accomplished high school players and uh, they've got some good young talent as always coming up through the pipeline uh, sophomore point guard Demetrius Dorch keep an eye on him uh, speedy you know point guard uh, so yeah they're 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 going to be one that they could they could dip out of the rankings. They really could, you know, uh, and then reappear because I think there's going to be a little bit up and down, but there's just so much talent. It's just impossible to ignore what their potential what their potential is. Number seventeen, a team that I waffled on a bunch. They were always in my rankings, but I wasn't quite sure it is where to put them. It is Fenwick, Bryce Hopkins is a monster, an absolute monster. Just committed to Louisville. They have another so- a sophomore, Trey Pettigrew, is going to play a big role. And all these other names I'm not from- familiar with. Tons of young players, young ability. It's going to be a very, very young team. But it's hard to really ignore what Bryce Hopkins brings to the table. He is a true different difference maker. I could see this team even winding up much higher than this. I mean, with Hopkins, he's just... He, he, he makes everyone better, not only because of the attention that he draws uh, by opposing teams. I and mean, that, that's every team is going to be preparing to stop Bryce Hopkins. But it's also because of his skill level and what he can do. I mean, what Stan Peck can do with Bryce, he can post him up. You can make him a point forward. He can play out in the perimeter. Uh, so, And he makes other people better. So Trey Pettigrew, you mentioned, I mean, he started every game as a freshman. So he's got some seasoning for a sophomore. You know, San, senior Sam Walsh gives him a little shooting. Uh, but yet, the sophomore class is a very good unknown class. People don't realize how talented this group is. But he's going to have three, four sophomores making, you know, significant impact at Fenwick along with Bryce Hopkins, who's just a junior. They're a year away from being really good. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've got them in my rankings as well. All right, next up is number 18, a team, Thornton. They just, we didn't pay much attention to them last year, let's just be honest. <laughs> um, but, you know, they put together a nice season, had a nice record, and almost all of those kids are back. You know, four of the starters, Derek Williams, DeMarco Minor, Brandon Hall, and Ari Brown. They added Donald Coates, who I believe is from Thornton. Thornwood. And, Thornwood, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Sean Burris, who I don't know where he's from. Thornwood. Um, so they're both from Thornwood. All right. I knew Coates was. So that's going to give them some serious depth. This is a team without a big-time star, but it, it's clear that Ty Streets is really, really high on this group. Well, Derek Williams is that hard-nosed, blue-collar. He is the heart and soul of the team. Uh, he's a stat sheet stuffer, do-everything kid. Uh, Double-digit score. He's their best rebounder, competitive edge type of kid. Uh, the potential star in the group is, is – <clears throat> You know, there in Brandon Hall. He, he is a tantalizing talent. Coates was big for Thornwood down the stretch. He's a 6'5", came on late last season. He scored 21 in a regional win over Richards. So that's a big addition uh, for this, you know, Ty Streets team that, that I think is reminiscent of that team in 2015, 2016 that kind of came out of nowhere without any big names. And they won like 25, 26 games. Kind of surprised everyone. I think they rose to like maybe even number one at one point or two or three in that year. Anyway, so, yeah, I I think that team can match uh, that that team. So 
20 plus win season is in the works and uh, just a nice balance with this group. Next up is number 19 Westinghouse. They are back in the red. We talked a little bit about them. Um, all the starters are back. Devin Davis can absolutely light it up. Terrific shooter. Ryan Brown, Keir Jordan, and Martel Webb. Uh, or sorry, Martel Webb is the new kid. 6'6 six, six sophomore. Also Gary Johns, a 6'7 junior. So they've added some serious size to this very experienced kind of guard-led group. But the reason they're in the rankings is Devin Davis. He is just an absolute kind of microwave scorer type. And I think they're, they might be able to stick in the red. It'll be interesting. 24 a game last year uh, for Devin Davis. Ryan Brown is a senior guard. He averaged about 11 or 12. Uh, but the key you know, uh, is going to be the development of the two kids you mentioned, uh, Martel Webb and Gary Johns. You know, They bring size and length uh, because they've got these returning guards. Uh, Keir Jordan, another junior, is a, he's a true point guard who can pass, make people better. So they've got a lot of ball handlers, guards to lean on. They just need those two, you know, two big kids to kind of step up and develop over the course of the year. They're going to be a rankings problem for me because they've really ratcheted up their schedule. They play Stevenson, Simeon, Fenwick, Bennett, St. Ignatius, Riverside, Brookfield. I mean, Simeon is actually going to Westinghouse to play, um, like an, at a normal high school game. You know, that's that's a cool game. Yeah, which is weird, but I mean, they could conceivably lose a lot of those games and still be a really, really good team. It's going to be kind of fascinating to me, actually, to see how this, very frankly, White West team survives against all that kind of stuff. And I can kind of walk there if the weather's nice. So rarely, actually, never do I get a Super Twenty Five team that I could walk to in a half an hour. So I am all about Westinghouse, although it's a nightmare in there. You cannot even tweet out of that gym. It's a real problem so if i'm at a westinghouse game don't expect a lot of updates next up a team that i remember number 20 carry grove it's gonna shock a lot of people carry grove we haven't had a fox valley team around much since jacobs and uh krautwig the big man but boy i went out there on a saturday afternoon matinee and i'm sure i raved about him on the podcast unless we got I thought you made like I thought you like made two trips to the Fox Valley. I Cup, did, so. yes, yeah, because they yeah. kept playing. The, I wanted to see a lot of these guys, and I'm so happy I did. Bo Frerichs is just a heck of a player. I believe he committed to Lewis, um, right, Joe? Yeah, Division Two. He was a hot commodity among Division Two programs, yeah, and better. he's a fun, fun player to watch. Oh, yeah, great, great shooter. And uh, Frank Jakubasek. Am I doing this wrong? Jakubasek. Yeah. And did he commit yet? Yeah, he's going to Belmont. Uh, yeah. Average thirteen and thirteen and eight a year ago as a junior, and he he really impressed with how far he's come. He's improved athletically as well as you know becoming a better, more consistent three point shooter. So he's a big guy who can go out and roam the perimeter and knock down shots. Yeah, and there's going to be questions about. I have questions about the supporting cast and if they'll be able to kind of live up to a ranked thing. But what's stuck in my mind is just how they played with just a lot of just fun and joy last year. This was not some stodgy team, you know, working around the perimeter and obsessed with their sets and this and that they like to run and they were fun. I really enjoyed that game and it's going to be interesting to see if they can live up to it, but go see both for Eric's for sure. It's kind of hard to describe. 
he just does some wild stuff. <laughs> he's, he's got a little Jimmer for debt high school yeah, version in yeah. him. Uh, but, you know, two other kids, though, that you mentioned supporting cast. Junior Ryan Weaver. He's a 6'2 wing, average 5'6 a game a year ago. Uh, and then a, a guy to take some relief off of Bo Frerichs is Clark Cunningham, uh, senior point guard. Uh, so, you know, and then you got Dan Soa, a capable three-point shooter. So they've got some pieces uh, to surround those two guys with, and those two guys will make people better. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then number 21, a team I'm kind of confused about but kind of confident about. It's DePaul Prep back after last year's incredible run. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised um, that DePaul Prep is back in the Super 25. I'm sure everybody remembers Lance Mosley. He's been around forever, senior um, Ty Johnson, you know, can really play. And then they've got this big kid that you probably didn't see much of last year. Six, nine, Brian Matthews, who could be a real force for them. And then loaded lower levels. Their sophomore team was great last year. This could be a stretch for me. I don't know, but I guess we're down where everything could be. Uh, what do you think, Joe? No, I think it's right or right where they should be right around. Uh, they've got some, you know, proving to do, but the reason why, you shouldn't be worried is under Tom Kleinschmidt, and I'm writing about this in my preview, they've become a legitimate full-fledged basketball program. <laughs> uh, and the final step that they had to do or had to make was last year and that state tournament run. So, you know, this is a 22-win team every year now, and, you know, that's not easy to do with, with you know, the schedule they play, but they've got the guard play. You love guard play, Mike. They've got it. Yeah. I'm just telling you, one of the underrated juniors is Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he's grown. He's added to his game. I think he's going to have, you know, he, he averaged 10-11 last year as a sophomore and, and with some assists and rebounds. And I, I think his his stock is going to climb considerably between now and next November. Yeah, the kid can really shoot it too. And that's what I kept thinking. There were a lot of teams I could have ranked down here. And they had, weirdly, there were a lot of bigs that they had. And I just kept thinking about Mosley and Johnson. you got to start with the guards. And that is an absolutely great place for Tommy Kleinschmidt to start it out. Number 22 is next. St. Charles North. Went back and forth about them. As usual, I really liked what I saw at Pontiac. And, you know, the big kid who just recently committed to Bradley is uh, Connor Linke. I, he was he had a breakout game at Pontiac last year, but Luke Sheffers and Christian Cerniak are the guards and the kind of the reason I was confident in going with this team. I feel like St. Charles North generally has ups and downs throughout the season. What do you think we'll see more of Joe? Well, I mean, he coach Tom, coach Tom Poon always plays a competitive schedule too, you know, and they go to Pontiac. So, it, and, and, but I, the reason why I have, I have them in my top 25 is they have something that most high school teams don't, and that's a not only is Connor Linky big, he, he's a difference maker defensively. He, he is. This is why college coach. He, I had Connor Linky as one of my breakout players, and it was slow to develop. You know, the unsung kid going into the summer, and it was because of what colleges look for, and they finally realized what they found in him, and that was a a kid who knows how to play defense. He. Uh, he is a, he's a rim protector at the high school level, six, nine, big body, but he also has instincts and timing that, that you really don't find very easily in a big. So that is going to be really helping defensively. And then, like you said, I mean, they have the guard play, uh, they have some diversity in the backcourt with those two interchangeable guards, both Sheffers and Zerniak. So, uh, they're both, you know, Sheffers, he got a Northern Illinois offer with some division two interest. 
Thomas Kellen and Colin Nelson are a pair of seniors to keep an eye on and kind of help them provide a, some lift and some shooting to kind of keep that floor spread uh, for Lincoln to operate inside. Next up, a newcomer ever for mine. Unless, uh, maybe I put them in the end of last year. I'm talking too much of it that I don't know the facts. Number 23, Oak Lawn. Um, do you remember if I had them in late last year? I think I might have for a week. I'm not sure. A lot of people got in last year and out. It was wild. But Oak Lawn, they have the big-time superstar, high school basketball superstar, Sammy Osmani, 6'4", senior. He averaged 22 points and seven rebounds last year. And maybe. Maybe the reason, though, I, I'm confident this team is Trey Ward. I really liked what I saw from him last year. He's a he's a point guard. He averaged 13 points. He hurt his wrist and missed most of the, the summer, but he's fully recovered now. David Reyes is another solid senior guard that is back for them. And then kind of their 6'4 forward, Kevin Swatek, is kind of the guy who just rebounds the heck out of the ball, which is what they need. They've added a 6'5 junior, Ryan Kennelly, who's going to be up. Um, played a little bit last year on varsity. This is a team that isn't used to these bright lights, has not kind of dealt with this kind of preseason hype, but there are high expectations in their community. Yeah, I mean, you got 35 <laughs> points a game back with Osmani and, and Trey Ward. Uh, and, and with Ward and Reyes, you've got the backcourt that you that you, you want to rely and depend on. I don't have them in my top 25, but they're going to be a fun story to watch and, and, and to see their progression and something new, something vibrant here in, the, in a season that – uh, we got a lot to offer, including some some new blood, and this is one of those teams. Uh, you know, and, and Osmani is he plays hard, he competes at a high level. South Suburban Red Player of the Year last year uh, as a junior, so th- th- it's it's a group that they do have big expectations, and um, you know I, th- they can be a twenty plus win team. Boy, playing hard is right, uh, Osmani. <laughs> they are really going to love this ranking too. You <laughs> try not to let that. Um... <laughs> influence you at all but this is a team that it's just a group of kids that really loves basketball and i think that's going to take them a long way this year next up another new face uh at number 24 is lake park i was at riverside brookfield and they if you've been to the riverside brookfield shootout in the summer they put up all the stats on the wall it's very old school um just you know scrawled numbers (laughs) next to names and like the huge nerd i am i take photos (laughs) Of a lot of those to use for the preseason preview just to remind myself of the names and everything on my phone i have like 40 photos of these box scores and a name kept popping up with a massive point totals next to him luke scarbasa he had a just brilliant um rb he scored 16 points during the season points again during the season last year 50 percent from three um, forward 6'5", Trevor Montiel is back. They're kind of the one-two punch. Bunch of other guys coming back with experience. And uh, a 6'5", senior Joey Harrington, a newcomer there, expecting some big things from. I think most everybody's pretty high on Lake Park this year, so get used to hearing that name. Yeah, I mean, they, they earned it because they went out last March, upset Bennett in the regional, and made a sectional, uh, got in the sectional at 120-some games. Uh, 23 games. So that that's – and there's – their top four players are back. So they've got uh, – Trevor Montiel is a 6'5", has an uncanny way about him, big body, steps out, can pass and shoot, knock down threes. Uh, Montrell Perry came on very, very good last year at the end of the year. But, I mean, Montiel is a 13-point pregame guy. Gar- Garboso is – you know, 15, 16. So I, 
they, they've got the guard play. Uh, Perry was seven and a half, so they got a lot of uh, pieces back. I, I don't know. They're not going to overwhelm everybody. They just have to keep doing what they did last year in terms of, you know, the 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 sum is greater than the parts, you know. So I, I I like this team. I think they're a little little bit low. They're a little higher in my rankings just because of what they accomplished last year. Um, next up and finally, number twenty five was a lot of jockeying over this position. It could have been like fifteen teams, but I've gone with Mundelein. They have got the big man, Scotty Abube. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, yeah. And the guard, Connor Enright. Both are D1 quality players. They were 20 and 12 last year. Just six and eight, though, in the North Suburban. Am, am I a year too early with this in the preseason, Joe, or do you think I'm all right? You're all right. And I got a lot higher. So I, I, I love the potential. I, I think uh, they, they, they didn't have any depth last year. I think they have some depth. They got a transfer from Stevenson, Trey Baker, uh, another junior guard, Chris Rooney, to add some of that. Uh, but rock solid, Jeff Bikus. He's kind of the forgotten man. Uh, you, you know, he'll get just. He'll get, he'll get you 10 points this year. He'll get you six, seven rebounds. But, again, it's those two guys you mentioned at the top. Scotty Abube, six foot eight, 230 pounds. He's a legit mid-major prospect right now. High majors will keep an eye on him as he progresses and develops. But Connor Enright is already committed uh, to Drake, so he'll be headed to Missouri Valley, and he is a, a, a just a tough competitive guard. And uh, those two, Division One, that combo, I'm not saying they'll make, you know, they'll they'll make a run at Stevenson in that conference, but I think they're going to be very very dangerous in in by the time March rolls around. Yeah. All right, that is it. That is the preseason Super Twenty Five. There's a, a solid five teams I feel real strong about. We're not going to mention them now. Um, we're going to deal with that on next week's episode. We will also delve into some of the best storylines of the season. And we will break down our preseason All-State teams and take a look at that first week of Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening, everybody.